this episode, we're going to be discussing the Babylon 5 Season 2 episode, A Distant Star. Now, here's the thing about this episode. Honestly, it's quite forgettable. Um, I don't enjoy it all that much. Um, there's a couple of, like, handful of scenes that I think are interesting. So I don't have a whole lot to say about this episode. It is bog standard. Um, it's not written by JMS, it's written by DC Fontana, and normally I like her stuff, but I just did not care for this episode at all. Um, so I don't really have a whole lot to say. Um, I'll go ahead and get right into the interesting stuff to me. Um, I'll, I'll discuss the, um, the entire, uh, situation with hyperspace, um, and the explorer ship, and the... The, the strange ship out in the out in hyperspace so we had established um how hyperspace has worked um in, in the previous season it was just kind of this thing to get from point a to point b but now we're starting to see like um we we, we had the establishment where like bigger ships can create their own jump gates and uh, and like perform their own jumps and then the jump gates are required for smaller ships and then we see uh, in the previous episodes in season two that ships can stay in hyperspace. And then now we see hyperspace itself. And there's like rumors of these strange ships, these uh, this uh, strange, um, not quite normal sightings people are seeing out in hyperspace. This feeling that something's watching you, the sort of this cosmic horror out there, you know, it's just, uh, Warren Keffer describes it as, uh, just, you know, that feeling that you get when, when you think someone's stepped on your grave kind of thing. It's bizarre. And there's this really nice cosmic horror aspect to it. But hyperspace itself, just look at the way it's presented in the show. I, I think, I find this fascinating because hyperspace and FTL travel in most science fiction, not all, but most, is often shown to be this wondrous, wondrous and almost magical experience because FTL as of our current understanding of science isn't really possible but once again science changes what is possible and not possible all the time based on new discoveries and I'm sure FTL in a couple hundred thousand years or whatever will be a thing but I most definitely will never live to see it and there's this entire um thing about that is just this wondrous beautiful thing in Babylon 5 it's not it's this dark red almost altered dimension type of thing where there's this constant lightning storms and it's scary it's unknown no one's explored it any ship that gets lost in it you know is never found again and th there's just creepy rumors about what could be happening in there I really like it because it, it, it provides a sense of not only drama but also a sense of danger in traveling that ftl is this uh, bit of technology that everybody has but they don't really know how it works hyperspace is this uncertainty and i like that because that's something that's been established in this universe is that you know they were the humans specifically were just given jump jump gate technology and no one really knows who invented the jump gate so it's sort of like this entire situation where people use it simply because they figured out how to get it to work but no one really knows uh exactly how it operates 
they just kind of do it from memory and it, honestly it's kind of scary it, it can be equated in, and plus it gives sort of this uh, very naval sa sailor vibe to everything where genuinely it's scary to go out you know in if you think about it, the the old explorers you know they would be out at sea for years and it would be easy to get lost they had no way to find their way home much like being lost in hyperspace you know you see no land in sight it's nothing for water for miles and miles and miles all, all the way up into the horizon where are you gonna go you can go any direction there's no guarantee you'll end up where you want to head you know you always got to keep your a direction ahead of you and it can be scary to get lost and i think i think V5 handles that well, um, and I like the establishment in this episode of that, and the entire idea of the explorer class and the, the explorer class ship for Earth Force is fascinating. It's, it, it, I just love how big it is because a generation ship, a ship that is basically a city in space because it has to be, because it's going out and exploring unknown territories for years and years and years and years, and isn't expected to report back for an incredibly long time. That kind of that kind of ship has to be able to hold tons and tons of people, tons and tons of supplies, accommodate families. You know, it, it's got a lot to deal with, so it's going to be massive. And as we see when it's, uh, you know, parked alongside Babylon 5, it's just as long as Babylon 5, if not larger. You know, it's massive. It's a city in space. Um, and, the, in the, you know, it's really cool, you know, to, to, to see the the complexities of space travel and specifically deep space exploration really looked at and explored um that's about all i have to really say as far as the main a plot of this episode it's not a great episode it's very forgettable it's just eh you know it's not all that interesting and whereas there's previous episodes that have been awful legitimately awful at least i had something to say about why they were awful this is just so forgettable and boring. So I'll deal with the Dlin thing and then I will call it quits because, like I said, I don't really have much to say. So Dlin being called out for her changing of appearance, her transition, her transformation, interesting. Very interesting. I really like that. Not only are humans noticing it, but the Minbari are noticing it. And the Minbari in particular, whereas the humans are fascinated by it. Uh, and, may, and as we'll see later, maybe a bit racist in regards to it. The Mimbari are fearful of it. They don't believe she's Mimbari anymore. They don't know what she is. She's some this some strange half-breed. She doesn't deserve her position anymore. Whether she's really in touch with her people is now in question. And she is now having to figure out where she where she is, much like Garibaldi was having to figure out where he belonged on the station, now she's having to do the same. And we get a nice parallel between her and Sheridan, who are both trying to figure out where they belong in regards to their jobs, because Sheridan always wanted to be a deep space explorer. He always wanted to be out there. He wanted to be commanding a starship. And so, uh, and he had the Agamemnon, and now he's commanding a station and he's having to deal with the bureaucracy of that, the mundanity of that. And every decision, even down to the most minute detail, even down to the most basic ideas, the most trivial things, everything is couched in this political miasma that he has to deal with. And it gets to him. He's become a politician. Uh, he, he doesn't like being in that. As we know, he likes to be boots on the ground kind of uh, situation. 
uh, he, he likes to be the boots on the ground. He likes to be personable, and, and, and he's an incredibly relatable person. And as we'll, we'll establish later, he doesn't really care for politics. This isn't his comfort zone. This new job, while he enjoys it, and it's certainly uh, just as adventurous and just as insane as uh, working as a, the, the captain of an explorer vessel, um, it's still something that's not in his comfort zone, something that he's not used to, something he's not really comfortable with. It's not what he wants to be. Uh, and so there's this nice parallel, and I really love that speech Dylan gives, where she's like, you know, you got to be at the right place at the right time, and we are the universe main manifest. We are star stuff. And that reassurance to him and his realization that Dylan and the universe have a very special connection. Um, and the, him, Dylan being the ultimate optimist and both giving herself and Sheridan advice couched in her own beliefs and her own religion. Beautiful moment. It's a nice little moment between those two characters and uh, the actors uh, bounce off each other really great, have some wonderful chemistry. Uh, you can tell that they genuinely like being around each other. Um, and I just like the way those characters interact, and I think the paralleling of them was very well done. That is all I have to say about this episode. It's a very, very, very forgettable episode and not interesting in the slightest. Um, it, of course, has some important developments for this mysterious race that keeps popping up that's working with Mr. Morden. We find out more and more and more as we go on, and I like the cosmic horror aspect of them, this mystique that's being built around them, even though we don't know who they truly are just yet. Of course, I do, but we'll get there when we get there. I'll, I'll see you next week for the next episode, which is called The Long Dark. See you then. Bye. Bye.